Thanks for listening to the show. Join us online at playvolutionhq.com and learn how to support the show at explorationsearlylearning.com slash support. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Hey, welcome back to Renegade Rules. Jeff Johnson here with Heather Shoemaker. Last couple episodes, we talked to Michael Gramling about uh, the great disconnect in early childhood education. One of the things we talked about is how how uh, maybe we need uh, classrooms that are a little bit more tailored to the needs of the individual. And uh, and one thing that I wanted to to pull pull into or dive into it that we didn't get a chance to talk to Michael about is the whole idea of, uh, of crisscross applesauce hands to yourself, which happens on so many circle times rugs and so many programs across this country. And it's, it's, it, it drives me crazy because little human beings aren't always wired to be still and keep their hands to themselves. And so Heather, what's your feeling about crisscross it's a cute song i guess what's your feeling well you know i've heard the phrase but it's funny um of course when when i was a kid we didn't call it that at all back then it has the non had the non-pc name of indian style so this changed to crisscross applesauce but the whole point of sitting in a certain way um just the whole idea of that brings up so many topics that we can talk about how kids need to move, how kids need to touch other people's bodies if, in order to play, um, how group time, a circle time, can be inappropriate, too long, too boring, too adult agenda-driven. There's just a lot of topics that this one little thing, one little phrase, crisscross applesauce, can bring up. So, no, I don't actually know the full song, but I know enough. Well, I think it's just the crisscross applesauce hands to yourself. The, the, maybe it's just, maybe it's not even a song. Maybe it's that that the teachers that use it um, usually say it in this sing-songy fake teacher sing-song. voice, the, the fake happy voice. Um, maybe, so maybe it's not really. Yeah, the really. kids see right through. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. put out the antenna long enough just to know that the person is being insincere who's talking to them, and they have to pay attention just enough not to get in trouble. And I guess that might be a good skill to learn to have in your tool belt for later in life about how to pay just attention, uh, pay attention just good enough to not get in trouble for for when you're when you're an adult and stuck in a meeting that you don't want to be in. But I think it's a useful skill at every age. Yeah, but, but hopefully it's not a skill if we design a learning environment right or a home environment right. It's not one that you should need to pull out every day. And it, yeah, it doesn't need to be reinforced. Once you learn it, you've you've got it in your tool belt and you can move on. Um, I, 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 it, it pains me when I observe... So what's the point of sitting in a certain way, I think, is, is one, one part of it. Well, um, what is it? I mean, is it about being... It's about the adult in the room having control? I don't... I don't... Well, I think there's one, one legitimate part of it. Um, people don't like to talk about butts and bottoms. But when kids are sitting down, um, there's all kinds of ways to sit. And if there's a bunch of kids and somebody's up on their knees, it can be hard to see the pictures in the story or see what's going on. So there's some 
of course, kids come in different shapes and sizes, but there's some uh, physical reality of trying to get people just on their bottoms on the floor so that everybody has a chance to see. But if that's the purpose of having everybody sit cross-legged, then um, just say that. Say, you're up on your knees, Sophie can't see when you sit that way, and have them gain that awareness of others and learn how to sit somewhere if sitting is what's happening at that moment so the person um, behind them or next to them can still see. That's called consideration, and that's something that kids should be learning is just a matter of course in their life. Yeah, yeah. So that, that could be a legitimate reason, but if it is, then... Say so. Yeah, and, and but if you if you got a if you got a group of twelve kids and at story time, three of them are going to want to want to want to lay down on their bellies and listen to the story, and a couple of them are going to sit crisscross applesauce because that's the way they like to sit, and a couple of them are going to be on their knees, and a couple are going to be standing up, and if we trust them as you know thoughtful human beings and give them a little bit of support, they can all be in the body position they they'd prefer, and everybody gets to see the book, and 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 a third of them don't even want to look at the pictures. Um, but, but I, I get where you're coming from. It's, it's, it, it, there, there is some consideration there, but I, beyond that, there's no value to this other than you as the adult being controlling of these tiny little people. Yeah, I think also sitting cross-legged, which can be quite comfortable for kids, but it's also harder to get up from that position because your legs are intertwined. And so I think it keeps the kids a little bit more More in control. <laughs> you know, if, you, if you're sitting in another position, you can jump up too fast and they don't want those bodies flinging around. So, oh, that's I why know, maybe it's a, we need to outlaw crisscross applesauce if that's the case then because it could be a fire hazard. If there's a, if there's a need to evacuate <laughs> the building and it takes kids an extra second to get up, um, that's dangerous. So not only do they need to have their shoes on all the time, they need to sit um, in a crouched position so they can jump into action in, in case there's an emergency situation. Right. <laughs> well, no, maybe not. <laughs> so... The other part of that phrase is the hands to yourself. Uh-huh. I remember when I was writing my first book, It's Okay Not to Share, I was explaining to another parent um, that at that time my book was called Boxing at Preschool because it's sort of a celebration of roughhousing and mm-hmm. body interaction as a form of play and puppy play. And I was explaining that, and the other mother just looked at me, and she her mouth dropped open, and she said, Boxing? <laughs> <laughs> I spend all day trying to keep their hands off each other. <laughs> and I thought, okay, well, that's the problem. If you're spending all your day trying to keep their hands off, there's obviously a reason they want to get their hands on each other. And a lot of times it's for play and friendship and companionship, like puppies want to snuggle up together or uh-huh. roll around together. And it's not necessarily clocking somebody in the jaw. Um, there's different ways of having your hands on somebody else. And so... <laughs> that, but that's the typical reaction of, but we can't have, we've got to keep their hands separate. They've we, got to not touch each other. And, you know, they've done a lot of studies about, in any species that's a social, intelligent mammal, physical touch is essential to, human, to, to life um, and to humans as well. Say, say that again in case a listener missed it, because this is, this is, an, this is an important thing. Yeah, the, that physical touch is essential to um, to human life and and to the lives of all social and intelligent mammals, it, it's they need to touch each other. They need to touch each other playfully. 
they need to have. In fact, that's how they form bonds of trust and friendship. And humans like to consider themselves social and intelligent. Um, we are mammals, but we like to consider ourselves social and intelligent ones. So they've discovered, the research shows that the more social and more intelligent a species is, the more they need that physical touch and rough play. Oh my gosh, my dog has got to be so intelligent then, because all she wants to do is 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 nuzzle up next to me, and and I wake up in the morning the la the last couple days is is she she crawls if there if there's more than a centimeter between Tasha and I, this seventy pound dog finds a way into it, and 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 it's it's delightful, and kids feel the same way. I'm quite sure most of the time about contact with their peers. It's a, it's, it's just, it's this human thing. It's, it's, it's a need. And when we create these environments in our early childhood programs where that need isn't being met, we get, we get kids that are, are at a loss because. Yeah. It hurts their development. I mean, we just need to come out and say that now, not every touch at every time is appropriate or well, welcome. yeah. But, you know, and, and I'm a big proponent of, of friendly wrestling, um, but not at all times in all places. So, you know, if, if kids have an outlet to do it or if they just want to put their arm around a friend, um, kids, young children are forming their very first friendships. Mm -hmm. And this is something to celebrate. They're learning so much, and they're learning about making a social bond with somebody outside of their family. Think how huge that is. It's it's earth-shattering that they can find a kindred spirit, somebody who giggles at the same thing that they do, somebody who likes to do the same things they do, somebody who can burp longer than they can. I mean, this is exciting stuff. And so when they meet somebody out in that big world who has the same interests and, and laughs and is their buddy, they want to develop that bond. And, it, and it's one way is to put their arms around each other or poke each other or do something physical. Yeah. Um, and in fact, adults do this too. You know, they high five or body slam or yeah. do things to, or hug each other. Um, there's a need for physical touch and kids really need it. Um, and when we tell them to keep their hands to themselves, we are actually hindering um, development and a uh, friendship in many ways. I mean, and it, many times it's the boys that need the physical touch because they're not able to say you want to play, uh -huh. but they'll shove somebody and then that means play with me. So sometimes we penalize the children who have fewer verbal skills and more physical um, physical skills. Yeah. Um, because that doesn't fit with, with our idea of an orderly classroom. Yeah, the hands-to-yourself thing is, is literally preventing them from making a connection with their, their peers. We're, we're preventing social creatures from making a connection. And Now, if, if you want to implement that with, uh, if you want to imp implement crisscross applesauce with um, politicians or maybe movie producers or, or, or some newscasters, that kind of thing, I'm all for that. But three, four, five-year-olds, it's, it's not such an important thing, huh? Well, also, although we need to celebrate the importance of physical touch, Right, right along with that goes physical touch limits. And if somebody doesn't want to be touched, that's their right to say stop, and the other one has to stop. Yeah. If they can't stop, they need help stopping. So, but that's all essential to learn, too. I mean, what's more essential than safety and survival? So when we, when we decree thou shalt not touch each other ever, hands can't touch, we're taking away a vast amount of learning. 
Yeah, and learning I, about friendship, but also learning about safety and and setting limits that a child realizes. Oh, I have, I can stop something that I don't like. I can speak up for myself. I can set limits on another child. This is a radical idea um, because kids are often used to running to mom or dad or teacher and saying, "Mom, teacher, he did this, she did that," and that may be useful at some points, but it's even more useful for them to learn how to set those limits themselves and stop behavior they don't like. Well, yeah, to, to act with a sense of agency over their own, over their own lives is, is an important skill to have. The other thing that with... Now, in a group oh, situation, of course, if you're reading the story or trying to do something with a whole group of kids, um, you know, maybe that's not the moment to have an all-out flailing wrestling match. Maybe an arm across each other's shoulders is okay. Maybe that turns into a tickling match and it gets disruptive. So there's always a need to balance the needs of the individual with the needs of the group. And if you can find a way to do both, you know, as long as um, if, if what that kid needs to do can be done in a different location or at a different time um, so that the group can still get done whatever is deemed important for the group to do, although often the group time is the least important because it doesn't always engage every child, and, and so it should be short and sweet, if, if, if at all. Yeah, I think that's my, my other problem with the whole crisscross applesauce thing, is the, the adult doing the deeming of importance isn't always right in their assumption that this is an important thing. If, uh, if only uh, four of the 12 kids want to be listening to that story, the other eight should be free to should have the, uh, the power and control over themselves to go off in the environment and, and, and do their own thing. So the kids who want to participate in story time or calendar time or whatever it is can do that with the attention of the adult. But so the, the ones that don't want to can be doing the thing that's important to them. Um, the, the crisscross, it, it always, it's, it just seems so adult centered focus on me, um, as the adult in the room, um, thing more than. And you notice the people who normally say crisscross applesauce are not sitting that way themselves. <laughs> usually up on a chair, a special chair, a big kind of the, throne like The adult to the adult chair. Stick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. I, I don't know what other this I think the the tie into this I think the other one that I have a problem with is 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 we kind of have the same kind of behavior for walking through hallways and this kind of stuff it's the whole hand to yourself straight line and I think crisscross applesauce kind of fits into that that mentality and so I guess my big problem with it is this whole mentality of I as the adult am wielding power over you little person is is the big problem I have with it because when we do that we we take away opportunities for for the relationships and for the contact but also for the decision making that uh, children need to be practicing yeah it's going to depend a lot on the environment that you're in I mean if there's a reason that you need to bypass another room that needs to be quiet well you can explain to that you know People are sleeping in the next room. We need to tiptoe. Maybe there's a legitimate reason. Or yeah. maybe you're sharing a building with, a, with a, uh, a church or a school and you need to tiptoe past a meeting that's going on. So being uh, pointing out other people's needs and then saying, therefore, we need to be quiet and, and seeing how, you can, how the kids can be the quietest mouse there is. There can be ways of traveling um, that has a purpose for yeah. being quiet. 
And it depends if, if you're in a, a building or an environment that doesn't need absolute quiet. Um, why do you have to walk in a certain way? I think it, it depends a lot on the situation. And maybe that situation changes from day to day. But every day is different in a child's life and hopefully in an adult's life. So we can um, teach the kids more when we allow life to be flexible and that we don't underestimate them. That, you know, if you're playing a game and a, a child's playing a game where they're going to sleep, they always lie down, mostly close their eyes, uh-huh. and are quiet because that's what you do when you sleep. When you so they sleep. know how to pretend these things, and they know how to be quiet if, if there's a reason to. Yeah. Any more on this one? Well, as I say, that one is going to have to depend on, on the whole philosophy of your of your environment and, and what's important. Um, some schools I know allow the kids to skip or do something else instead of um, walking just mm-hmm. so that they can get more active movement, but they're in such a big building with so many children that they don't feel they can have anything goes. So they, yeah. they just try to adapt it some way. I think um, the more creativity we can add and the less... Um, uh, I don't know, the less need for outright control. You have to examine why you're doing what you're doing in the first place. And, and maybe it has good reasons, so keep it up. And if it doesn't, at least you, you know, you've questioned it. Maybe you can come up with something better. Yeah, and I think that's a big thing. A lot of people fall into this crisscross applesauce thing or things like that um, because that's the way the, the lead teacher did it, and then now they retired, and now you're the lead teacher, and so that's the way you keep doing it. Some of the stuff, it's just, it just becomes institutional habit. And there hasn't been a lot of thought put into the why do we do this? And so, like we, we talk about with a lot of topics, is, is being able to step back and, and question your practice a little bit might lead you to realize that maybe there are some different decisions you could be making, some different choices. Right. And when something's important, don't, you know, feel free to set the limit. And, and often it's about consideration of somebody else. So if somebody, you mentioned some kids would be lying on their stomach listening to a story, some would be sitting, some would be standing. If the standing kid is the one right in front of the book, well, say you can stand, but you need to stand in the back so the rest of the kids can see. So there's some information being given, some observations being given, and some limits. You can, you know, the standing is not the problem. This, the location of the standing is yeah. the problem because it hurts other people. Yeah. So get back to the root of what's going on and, and see what you can do human to human. Yeah, and I think a lot of it, a lot of times we end up fighting battles that we don't need to fight when we, we kind of mandate these, these all-inclusive rules. I, I've seen teachers spend, you know, a 20-minute circle time where they're going to do the weather chart and read a story and, and a little bit of show and tell. 15 minutes of that 20 minutes is trying to get those two kids to sit the way the teacher wants them to. And that ends up wasting everybody's time and causing anxiety for everybody, including the teacher. And it's just, it's just not that productive. So sometimes we can, when we step back and reassess, we can, we can stop fighting battles that we don't need to fight. Right. And if you're going to talk about the weather, the best place to do it is outside, <laughs> where, there, where, where, where you can talk about how many raindrops are hitting you on the forehead. You actually, go outside <laughs> because and because it's actually happening when, into, into the place we keep the weather outside. Hey, yeah, we keep it outside. <laughs> yeah. In fact, outside my window is four and a half feet of snow. So oh. rather than talk about it, we could just go outside into and, it and, and be build in it. Snow for it. You can't, you can't beat that. Hey, Heather, it's been fun. Should we wrap this one up? Sounds 
Sounds good. Excellent. This is. And I'm standing, by the way. I'm not sitting cross-legged. Oh, you're. you're that, that's good. Um, your your heart's going to be happy for that. Hey, this has been Renegade Rules. Thanks for tuning in. Back soon with another episode. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.